Today, I want to ask you guys something very important. I'm asking you guys to share your story. It's so important that we have other women and men that are able to share their story. Narcissistic abuse is emotional abuse. It's mental and psychological. And what we're trying to do here is educate other people as far as how to recognize some of the behaviors that are affecting people and they don't even know. Or if they're in their healing journey, like you and several of our other viewers are trying to get past, we really need you sharing your stories so that someone can relate. Your story and your walk and why you went through what you went through is really to help other people. We would really love if you could contact us and share your story and be willing to be bold and educate, encourage and empower other people who have had to walk in this situation or who have nowhere to turn like once you and I have been. Please contact us, email us at lifeoflivingabundantly at gmail.com. Thank you. Hi, guys. Welcome back to the podcast. It's Lola. Today, we are meeting with a special guest and friend and also a professional colleague of mine, Miss um, Catherine. I will let her um, introduce herself. She doesn't go by Catherine. She likes Kathy, but welcome. Thank you. Um, just who I am. I know what you do, how okay. we met. I actually, Christian and I met because I was working in a job I didn't love, and I had just finished up my master's in conflict resolution and mediation and was looking to get involved. I met Christian kind of on a whim, just made a phone call. She had put an ad out saying they needed part-time mediators, and I gave her a call, and we just connected over the phone. Mm -hmm. So I shadowed and helped and co-mediated and just fell in love with the practice. So I um, have a bachelor's in behavioral science, about 10 years in juvenile court schools, and I now work for the state. And Christian okay. and I have stayed friends ever since. Yeah, really, really good friend. Um, and it ended up, we probably did more talking and swapping recipes and health and vitamins and oils and copper and a whole lot of things that you actually helped me um, get through my healing process, which is, it was the very beginning. You more so met me in the sickness. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I talk a lot about on the podcast how um, I hid the, the hardships or the cycles of my marriage um, until one day, specifically that day we were sitting in the kitchen. Um, I remember it. Yeah. Tell us about that day. I remember... I remember you look thin and you look fragile, which was not your way. I mean, you always had a swagger. You just, you were, to me, you were unassuming. You've always been a beautiful, smart, smart lady. I met your husband once. I thought to me, he looked like just an, I, he presented himself really well. To me, he was like a, I tell my son, he was like Obama, just this sort of politician but smooth mm -hmm. I didn't know a lot about him but you were so thin I just remember looking at you and you could see your cleft chin but I mean it was pronounced and I could almost see the bones in your head mm. and I looked at you and I thought what and you I, you said something and we ended up going in your office and I don't remember what you said that led us there but all I remember is I was saying what's wrong what's going on with you and you just fell apart you started mm -hmm. telling me but part of it is I, I, um, 
I had gone through, um, I'm, I'm an alternative medicine person. I watched both my parents be highly over-medicated and to the point they were taking 15 meds at a time and it was just, it was a crazy situation and they died really poorly. But with you, my first thing was, what are you taking? What are you, what's mm -hmm. going on right now? Why do you feel like this? And I don't remember what was going on other than you were totally overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You said something about being on birth control mm -hmm. and the side effects to it were horrendous. Mm -hmm. And I was saying, you have three kids, do you want more? And you mm -hmm. said no. And I said, and it went into this huge political because you you get on these these rants I and do. you were like, this is so crazy. What are the alternatives for the men? Why are you taking all this medication? Why the are birth you control doing this? was causing the high blood pressure. Nobody really had an option. And then they tell you you have endometriosis and this is why you have to be. And so that's what kind of really jump started it. Mm -hmm. um, but I think my decline was was really fast as far as I looked healthy just a month before right because i was coming in for the monthly meetings mm -hmm. at that point and then the the thinness and yeah I, I was overwhelmed um for sure for sure but it was emotional but of course you know um my practice is it's, it's my baby it's rejuvenating it's not stressful right um I, I do believe it's what i'm designed to do though it was default i just thought i'm supposed to be this counselor this coach and you know, do family mediation um, to help people through the courts. But, but it just grew to so much more than what I ever thought. But I was just silently suffering. And I think the biggest thing was is you saw past suffering. And there was some wisdom there that um, it, it's, a, it's a special thank you to you for calling it out. Because a lot of people thank just you. silently watched. You didn't know what to say or even if you did ask I mean it was worth a shot in the dark for you because I, I felt like there was definitely some wisdom there that well, if and I you said trusted something, me and I appreciate that that's mm -hmm. a hard thing and it's it's almost embarrassing asking someone that you and I are we were well we're friends but it's like we were co-workers and mm -hmm. I was learning from you but it was one of those things at that moment too was just a turning point also yeah but you were, there was just an overwhelming sadness, but it was, you were, there were physical issues and that was the thing. Mm -hmm. And some people, absolutely, there's physical ailments and you need certain things, mm -hmm. but that wasn't, it was a combination. Mm -hmm. the, uh, the, the body was failing, mm -hmm. you know, I had told you about the rheumatoid appointment that I was set for and the blood work was off and everything else. Right. And then we got on the tangent about, you know, the, uh, chemotherapy drugs being used for um, arthritis arthritis, and um, autoimmune stuff and right. that's really what it, you were more so like giving me a lot of knowledge and education and I was looking deeper and then the essential oils and then part of what we do here at the practice now and what we've incorporated is like self-care right. you know we've got the meditation and the yoga we tried to do the um, monthly retreats, and then we've got the spa room, um, massage therapy, all trying to incorporate this holistic um, practice with what I built on from our conversation. Wow. Because it was from there where I realized how much, as a mom of three, and uh, my youngest was, gosh, she was, she was two when we had this conversation. I think so. 
you know, just this is the purpose of this platform and how neglected women are. And we are so in a deficit that we do not even know that we are neglected. And it took, again, that wisdom to kind of call me out. What are you doing to take care of yourself? What? Why are you having to assume all the responsibility of the medical interventions to, it's basically going to get you back on the same track if you don't change the whole cycle. Right. Um, so a lot of what I do is just offering what I've learned over the course of years and trying to give it back. But, um, you know, there's going to be an episode that, that airs where Danette and I are talking about we can't even give away self-care. Isn't that crazy? We don't even make the time for self-care. So now we're just going to flat out offer it for free. Give us an excuse now. We're, I mean, we've tried to like offer it for free and then, you know, there's a, a minimal fee or a donation, but we're feeding you and teaching you how to eat well. Um, we're giving you great mental, physiological, spiritual practices. Um, and we can't even give it away. You know, is it the spiritual stuff that's scaring people away or is it you know, eating cleaner, like what is it that we are not able, but it really comes down to women have never been taught how to take care of ourselves. Now, I'm from the West, mm -hmm. um, California, raised in Southern, moved to Northern. It was almost funny coming out here and people would ask me, well, they'd joke about the fact that they thought I would only have a nut burger and I'd have a smoothie for lunch, <laughs> you know, and that's, and, but in all seriousness, I prefer to eat like that. You know, in my family, even my brother, if he brought me food, it would be three different kinds of cheeses and all the fruits and the, mm -hmm. we just grew up where a lot of things were hanging from a tree or from mm -hmm. a farmer's market. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm really grateful for that. Coming out here, I had never had a biscuit and gravy. I had never, it, it just, it wasn't the way I was brought up. Right. You know, so, you know, my mom gave me a book on holistic medicine when I was probably a teenager, mm -hmm. you know, early college probably. And, you know, people thought I was kind of a freak out here. You know, mm -hmm. they just didn't know what to do with me. Mm -hmm. And I watched people be over-medicated. You know, you hit five meds and they call it polypharmacy. Basically, you are just, they are working for the side effects. Mm -hmm. And you're exactly right. So I was diagnosed, arthritis is big in our family. <clears throat> and my brother, a couple of years ago, and I didn't know anything, I didn't really know a lot of details, but he was diagnosed, it's called non-specified arthritis, which is like rheumatoid. And a couple of years, right before I had met you, um, I was diagnosed with the same thing. And mine hit knees, all my joints. Mm -hmm. And I was waiting, it took me six months to get to the rheumatologist, it, just because of how medical appointments work. I knew by that point what they were going to offer me. And they wanted me to take this chemo drug. And the mm -hmm. chemo drug, one of the side effects, it didn't even say it was possible, it said it was probable, was breast cancer. Mm -hmm. Crazy. As a side effect for a drug. That and they wanted me to take steroids. They gave me steroids, which my body seemed to like steroids, but I found a friend that was from, oh, she's from Europe. Mm -hmm. um, and she had told me about Dr. Axe and said, mm -hmm. if you look into what he has, it, he has a lot of anti-inflammatory so, yeah. podcasts, as a matter of fact, mm -hmm. way back. And he said, take Boswellia, which is frankincense and turmeric <clears throat> and uh, glucosamine. 
So I did this weird cocktail. I would do white willow bark for pain. I just mm -hmm. read about it a lot. And when I finally got to the doctor, they said, this is the only thing you can do with these chemo drugs. That was all they offered. They mm -hmm. didn't believe in anything else. I was told by a doctor. I went, I had, I did have, um, what's it called when they stick the needles in you? Uh, acupuncture. Acupuncture. I did mm -hmm. acupuncture and I had my irises red. Um, and this woman said, I see inflammation. She said, mm -hmm. you'll be in a wheelchair unless you deal with this. Wow. There was just nothing they could do. And when I started doing this, this alternative meds, mm -hmm. all the swelling went away. Mm -hmm. I have no pain. Um, mm -hmm. I, you know, I joined Planet Fitness. I exercise quite a bit and mm -hmm. I try and do anti-inflammatory eating. Mm -hmm. No wheat, no milk. Yeah. I mean, I kind of incorporate certain things back in, but exercising and I still take my Boswellia. I still take yeah. frankincense you every day. You told me about so many different, like, I probably still have some of that stuff, um, like, written down. The Boswellia, the... The turmeric was a big one, too. And ginger. Ginger. I still buy that one. It, it was a combo one. Well, it was two combo ones, and I still have it in my drawer. I mean, it, um, it works. But peppermint. with me, it peppermint started... Peppermint a big part. You told me about the oils. Remember, it started with the trigger finger. Yeah. And then it was um, my thumb. That's right. And then, like, it wouldn't get any better, and, and it was the the inflammation. And how do you have all that inflammation, and you're, you're withering away? Right. And then after that, it was the tennis elbow. And right. my elbow was... And moving its way up. Mm-hmm. And my elbow was huge. Right. And I had an insurmountable amount of... Right. Um, anxiety and as I began to open up you had brought a friend with you I do not remember who she was all I know she was she had a sonic drink and we sat in the kitchen she was just coming to tour the center and she was sharing with me how she was in an abusive relationship she didn't know my story from a can of paint and she was wow. sharing with me how she was having the heart palpitations she was a heavy set woman that eventually lost a lot of weight after she got out of the relationship. But she was telling me she was having the, um, oh, now I can't think of it, but the, it's the extra heartbeat. Um, and it was from the anxiety, from the abusive environment. Wow. And she sat down and she told me it took a while, but she said all of it went away. And I was just asking her just about that. And I said, tell me about that. PVCs. I was just diagnosed with PVCs. It was in, we opened that practice in 17. And I remember I was working the front desk and I was all, I was trying to hide, a, hide all the cords from being monitored. I remember that. At the front desk. Oh my goodness, And Roger so happened that. to have seen one of them and he says, are you okay? I remember that. And I was, oh yeah, I'm just saying it's, it's nothing, you know, before they changed my blood pressure medicines. But no, it was it was all the anxiety that I was experiencing. But that friend, she said, I promise you, it will get better, but you have to remove yourself from the environment that's doing it to you. She did. She, wow. she didn't know me. She was just somebody that you met just doing what you, you do, do, and you're probably telling her about holistic healing, and you were like, let's come by the counseling center. My goodness. Mm -hmm. And... Um, I can honestly say till this day, I don't have those heart palpitations. See, and in a second, a doctor will say, guess what? Not, can we get you some counseling? Can we help you to relax? Can we, Divorce can we hear your story? Yeah. 
<laughs> yes. Well, yeah. Let's give you a drug. Mm-hmm. And it was the second blood pressure medication that, you know, I, um, I just had so much resistance to it because there was a lot of me that, that was just saying, there's no way. Because, you know, like, you're a peaceful person and, like, everything about, you know, I embrace motherhood. So don't ever say it's, it's my kids. I absorb and know the natural normal stressors of being a mother, Girl Scouts, cookies and softball and tennis and like I, right. I know all of those things but it was the added environmental pressures and stress that when you're in it you do not identify separately like it's just all clumped together mm -hmm. and all you're doing is surviving you're just in survival mode and so when your mind is ahead of everything that you're doing like there is like mind body and spirit is a real thing right and when your mind is so far ahead you got unhealed traumas from childhood. You're fighting against your everyday environment. You don't even think about who you're supposed to be. You're just going and doing and living and trying to survive, literally in all means. <laughs> like I was just trying to survive. But there was a part of your personal story that you can choose to share or not. That's why we started talking. That's why I opened up to you. Because at the time, you had been married a very long time. There's wisdom in that. And I learned to shut up and listen. Wow. Mm -hmm. We were just talking about before we started recording, like I've always been a person that, you know, kind of moves in silence. It's I crave wisdom, you know. It's not that I'm always just silent or I don't have anything to say. It's you, you just, I, I have discernment, I should hope. You know, most of us do. Gotta, gotta I always think of you as being the wise one. No, I crave, I you know crave wisdom. You know what's weird, too, is you think about, in the South especially, everyone goes to church. Mm -hmm. Wednesday nights, Sundays, mm -hmm. they pray before their meals. Mm -hmm. They do not, and you're exactly right, it's mind, body, and spirit. Mm -hmm. We do not take care of our bodies. Mm -hmm. So I, mean, I had I the spiritual with, component down pat. But oh, absolutely. Body? Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And we'll follow the Bible, whether it's, you know, we'll pick one that works mm -hmm. and we'll pick and choose out of the Bible and we'll pick a church that fits. But as far as taking care of our bodies, mm -hmm. we don't. Mm -mm. We're taught that if you spiritually are fed, then you're taking care of your body. But, you know, we don't, you know, we're not educated on the components of how this food, the food is a spiritual component, you know, in itself. You know, and how the the way we practice and the way that we move, you know, no. there's that mind. Right. You know, you wait until now there's this whole gender crisis going on, you know, with with social media. Um, and people are so worried about being in their femininity. I need you to work out some of those childhood traumas and wounds first. And then men being in their masculine, it's the same thing for them. And working out some of those traumas, like there's no way you can address the healing process without talking about mind, body, and spirit. Period. I don't, I don't know how people are writing books and, and doing all of these things and they're 
is absolutely no mind, body, and spirit connection. Are life's challenges weighing you down? Do you need a guiding hand to help you navigate through difficult times? Introducing Serenity Counseling, your trusted counseling and mediation center, located in Gallatin, Tennessee. We specialize in supporting individuals, including adolescents and adults, couples, families, marriages, and those going through difficult situations like substance abuse or difficult transitions like divorce. Our compassionate and experienced counselors are here to lend a listening ear, offering personalized guidance to help you find clarity, healing, and understanding. At Serenity Counseling, we believe in nurturing your mental and emotional well-being. Our dedicated self-care coaching sessions will empower you to manage stress, build resilience, and discover your inner strength. Hi guys, my name is Christian Sid, better known as Lola. I am the founder of the Serenity Counseling and Mediation Center and the Life of Living Abundantly platform. I help clients through difficult relationships with personality disorders. As a high conflict resolution expert, I resolve cases in family courts effectively through my coaching strategy please reach out to schedule coaching with me or counseling with one of our other providers. Here, we handle traditional needs for counseling services with some insurances accepted. Call us today and follow us on social media at Serenity Counseling and Mediation Center and at Life of Living Abundantly. Thank you. Bye-bye. What are some things that you've learned along the way in life like if you could give any sort of advice or wisdom, hmm. what would you give to women women in their healing journey, whether it's emotional, physical, spiritual, physiologically, like? I think, I mean, I have a 22-year-old son. He'll be 23 in next week, as a matter of fact. And it's, I mean, just in terms of talking to your younger self or talking to yes. someone else. And I feel a little bad sometimes because I look at him sometimes and I'm thinking, please don't get married, don't fall in love, don't, <laughs> which is a horrible thing to say to someone, but part of it and the way that his life has come along, he hasn't yet, not mm. deeply, not getting involved. He's still living at home, going to school. and But I think, I think to my younger self, I would have said, um, wait a little longer. Mm -hmm. I was 30 when I got married. I almost think, you know, what difference does it make? I really wasn't raised to get married, have kids, you know, that's the most important thing. Um, I had an aunt who ended up getting a PhD. She worked at Berkeley. She taught um, University of San Francisco and taught at Berkeley wild woman and absolutely delightful brilliant um, loved her she, she she was wild she had she had a house that overlooked three of the bridges in the bay area i mean they were tiny because you know san francisco is so expensive but i remember she had 
she drew a picture of herself or painted a picture of herself in the nude and left it in the hallway. So my mother always had issues with her, but mm -hmm. I loved her. Mm -hmm. She would give me books on written by children, mm -hmm. um, just kids' poetry or just mm -hmm. books written by kids. Just always saying, be the best person you can be. Mm -hmm. She would drive me through uh, Berkeley Law School, which was Bolt, and say, this is where you're going to go to school. You know, don't ever say you're going to marry a doctor. You be the doctor. You Ooh. be whatever that is. You know, and I love that. You mm -hmm. know, I had my grandmother was my grandmother wasn't raised like that, but she was the same way. Her mom, you know, yeah. just take your time. Yeah. When I got married, I felt that my husband and I were very spiritually matched. Mm -hmm. I didn't listen to my inner wisdom to say. Is he, he, he's a smart man, we're still married, it's been decades, mm -hmm. but is he dysfunctional and do you really have to get married? I mean, just mm -hmm. don't. Mm -hmm. I wish I'd hesitated. Yeah. Because, and you and I have had this conversation also, my mm -hmm. husband is an artist, musician, sculptor, printer by trade, um, smart man. Mm -hmm. But because of the way he was raised and choices that he made, he's aging very poorly. And mm -hmm. he's 10 years older than I am. Mm -hmm. So it makes it really complicated as life goes on. Yeah. I wish I'd said to myself, be smarter with investing. Even though that's not your brain, be smart. You know, yeah. invest more. Because guess what? And my dad used to say, if you live to be, if you're in your 50s and you live another 50 years, what are you going to do with your life? Yeah. So there was never an end. I never thought of retirement. I never really thought about, you know, mm -hmm. I can't do it. I thought I just need to keep moving in some direction. And if you don't like it, then you change things. Yeah. But when you get married and you, and it doesn't work, mm -hmm. unfortunately, you know, divorce is expensive and it's complicated and, mm -hmm. and you well know it's yeah. the financial pieces. I think what a lot of people always go gear towards like divorces expensive but um it is expensive you know emotionally oh, and it's taxing like it, i have seen it age people you know i mean if you're vain like that's absolutely that's the expensive and taxing well, part emotionally absolutely and mm -hmm. for me part of it was i had a student loan sitting out there that just weighed on me and it kept snowballing and snowballing and snowballing um, so when it came even to the house, the house was in my husband's name. Mm -hmm. Now I've always worked. Mm -hmm. I always made an okay living. I'm now making a better living, thank God. But, you know, it's, it's complicated. You know, I don't want to live. I inherited a little bit and even to split that in half is, is complicated. Yeah. And yeah. And I have a, a little bit of an attachment even to my husband at this point where I think I don't think he can take care of himself, which mm -hmm. is not my responsibility. Yeah. But some of it, how am I going to feel with him not living on the street, but pretty close to it? Yeah. I don't think he cares for himself very well. Yeah. I think he's gotten better in the last year. Yeah. But we, the only way that we have survived um, in the last probably five, ten years is separating. Mm -hmm. We live separately. We live okay. separate rooms. We, and he, I would say you and I have had conversations about narcissistic personalities. He's very creative. Mm -hmm. He's very tunnel visioned. Mm -hmm. um, and I've, I have my own life. I have friends. I have mm -hmm. family. But mm -hmm. with his dysfunction, a lot of those or some of those have severed. You yeah. Know, which is, 
That is amazing because um, that is what a lot of women who are um, too afraid to leave um, when they're in, you know, marriages like that, or they feel like, um, nah, we've been married 30 years, what's the point? But you just gave some very mm -hmm. strong wisdom um, as far as you, you said you live separately, but the women that I've spoken to over the years, they first separate. Right. Like the mental and the emotional mm -hmm. hurts or the expectations, maybe. Right. And boundaries. that's what's worked for boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. I mean, we sleep separately mm -hmm. um, by all means. And, you know, even for when I think of vacations or anything else, um, mm -hmm. I don't want to spend time with him that way. Mm -hmm. um, part of it is a lot of times, even if we travel, they, you know, it's kind of almost expect that you sleep in the same bed. And it's like, mm -hmm. I, you know, again, some of it is aging, some of it is aesthetic, it's mm -hmm. smells, it's how well <laughs> you take care of yourself. You know, yeah. I, I take a lot of time trying to take care of myself and age better. Mm -hmm. I study, you know, again, how can I eat? How can I exercise? Yeah. How can I we're all going to age, but you know, how can I do it so yeah. I'm the best I can be? And I, it's, it's hard. So know? when I interview people, I, I ask, you know, why do you stay? You know, um, and, and I don't want to assume, but in my mind, it's obligation, obligation mm -hmm. is what I hear. Is that accurate? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Because like you had said, I don't want to see him homeless or on the street um, he's um, he's a veteran um, he was on he was in the Air Force for four years but he still has vet benefits but he, he and and but I listened to you doing the podcast on narcissistic personalities I think that's really interesting where when they start getting angry um, a lot of times they'll they'll shoot out your family or uh. your friends or it, it they twist things and it becomes you with John, he would do, and we just had one not too long ago. I'll go live at the vet's hospital or the vet's, they have a place here. Mm -hmm. um, he'll leave and then come back later and he acts like nothing's happened. But, yeah. you know, it's like he will stomp out and it's, it's complicated. We don't have little kids. I have a son who's in his 20s, but my son, we're the example of what not to be. And that's yeah. hard. Yeah. Um, he doesn't respect his dad, which is really tragic. He feels mm -hmm. that he has nothing to say to him. Mm -hmm. I know he doesn't like the way John and I communicate. Um, and mm -hmm. some of it I can see things coming, you know, but, um, and I stay out of it. Mm -hmm. I grew up with family. My parents always fought, but my dad made a great living. And in the end, they kind of, my, they both had counseling. They both kind of coexisted and they mm -hmm. aged. They traveled and had a nice yeah. couple decades, you know, yeah. where they did well. Yeah. We always talk about, you know, um, narcissism, narcissism and how it's created between the, the mother and son bond. Like there's an episode on that, but we really don't talk much about how the fathers sometimes pass on some of these traits to full-blown narcissism in their children like that's just the reality right um, and so unless it is where the mother can't be the one that over corrects 
you know, um, and try and make sure that they don't live this life. But that's where introducing them to some healthy coping mechanisms and um, skill sets right. and also counseling at oh, a young absolutely. age, like counseling, like we talk about, you know, can people um, develop this or and and people may have different theories than I do, but I think that it's foundational. It starts from childhood. It mm -hmm. starts from you know, um, what they have seen and non-corrective actions where we're gonna do an episode where, you know, um, we talk about like how it affects you in relationships. And if you go an extended amount of time unchecked. Right. Unchecked, so like there's a part of accountability where you have to even assume in your marriage where it, was, it just went on unchecked or wherever or whatever he was doing before you at age right. 30. A lot of behaviors, right? You know, just unchecked. So just making sure that, um, you know, in in everyone's children, not just you know our children, but um, they have healthy coping skills and mechanisms um, and accountability, like sincere and genuine accountability in what they are facing. Surroundings. Yes. My son has a counselor. We love this guy, or I love this guy on speed dial. And I've, I have not gone to him. Of course, John, because of his personality, I think, also likes him and wants him as his counselor also, <laughs> which, but, um, but I trust him mm -hmm. with Chris. And mm -hmm. Christopher, he does his um, virtually these days. Mm -hmm. But I love that fact. Yeah. Um, he he has a group. He has a, a he's had a youth group for all these years. Mm -hmm. This one couple, and then his best friend and his um, the best friend's older brother, who he ended up doing um, podcasts with. But mm -hmm. um, I don't. I think that's a real narcissistic personality. The dad, mm -hmm. and it's it has to do with. To me, I think there's a cultural issue there where the mom is lesser than, and mm -hmm. the father has all the power. Mm -hmm. And I think Chris has the wisdom to kind of see through that, mm -hmm. some of it, for and the most part. And a lot of it, that's how it's grown, is that women are not shown um, to these young kids that there is value. And so in, in little boys, they see the first person that they learn, learn to manipulate in life is their first female role model, right. and that's the mother because of the lack of Absolutely. respect and boundaries that they've seen with the father. Right. So once that child learns that I can manipulate the emotions, feelings, behaviors. I can recreate this. Absolutely. So it doesn't matter if you're nine or 19 or 29. Right. right. That's pretty powerful. Right. From your nurturer, from your birther, like. <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely. It's it's pretty powerful. So, um, you know, that's that's why um, I have a friend where, you know, I, I, I give and extend a lot of grace towards any type of mental illness. Um, but now that I've created boundaries, I can still have that grace, but it, it can't, you know, cross the line of my boundaries. But um, I just have a, a deep understanding and love for human behavior. Um, but I can't want it any more than somebody else as right. far as their healing. So I can have all the understanding. So can your family members. But you need to go out there and take accountability and um, assume some responsibility for your, your healing. Right. And your mental health. Your own mental health, your own mental well And being. physical. Yes, yes. So Kathy says, make sure you men are taking care of yourself. Oh my gosh. Yeah. 
Any other wisdom that you like to impart? Hmm. Well, I will say this with my son, which I appreciate, is he actually stood up to his friend because he, Chris, early on, so he was probably in junior high when he, well, he was even younger when he met this family. Mm -hmm. um, he would come home and say, Mom, they are so dysfunctional. They're so, they're so disrespectful of the mom. Mm -hmm. And he watched the son mirror that behavior mm -hmm. of the dads. Mm -hmm. and, the, and John and I went to this, we went to a Bible study once. I think we only went maybe twice. They had a home Bible study Christ, uh, church, right? Mm -hmm. and, and the guy was from California, so I'm saying, ooh, let's go, we'll go to this thing from California. And I watched these people. It was sort of like a group of pod people. It was very strange. And, but I watched this one guy, and he was holding his wife's hand so tightly mm -hmm. to keep her shut up. Mm -hmm. And then he started going off on all these California women. <laughs> I looked here, I'm like, what do you think you're talking about? Mm -hmm. You know, please don't speak when you don't have knowledge. You know, it's mm -hmm. like, come on, don't be an idiot. You know, but yeah. I watched. I watched the guy who was leading the Bible study, who was Christopher's friend's dad disrespect his wife in front of a group you know in the name of God and then this other guy who leads another big Christian I don't know what he does but horrible mm -hmm. and I've watched this poor woman where she's gone from you know she'd finally lost this weight she was exercising and I saw a picture mm -hmm. of the other day and she's up at least 250 pounds and I think and my first comment is she's not happy mm -hmm. you know this is so dysfunctional but I appreciated the fact that Chris realized back then this is not cool yeah you know I don't like him living in a household where we I mean I will come unglued and I I, I don't allow disrespect mm -hmm. towards me I can um, and I and I think of things where you're absolutely right as far as divorce is healthier than than mm -hmm. staying in just a rageaholic mm -hmm. sort of marriage. Yeah, a rageaholic. That's a that's a good description. You know. Now I didn't think in the beginning that it was healthy. Like there was nothing more than I wanted was to reverse what was happening right. in front of your eyes. Like you, you can't believe it. Um, but um, seeing the other side of things and understanding that you know, I don't want to say things like it ran its course but like just being on the other side it was the healthiest decision that I could have made for to myself sever. and then for the children right and to stop a generational curse whether you know I have no problems and I even admit on this platform some of you know the flaws and the things that how I contributed internally that allowed someone to continue to have these behaviors because of my lack of boundaries and self-respect right. and you know so there were some things that I did to empower the entire family unit and though it was a severance you know there, it is a real thing to love someone so much to let them go right so that you can go and be the healthiest person you need to be right and that I can do the same and then these kids are not in this vicious cycle that creates these human beings like and you're showing them because I'm here, this is okay. Yeah. Unfortunately. Thanks for that. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. It's true. And that's some of the guilt that you kind of initially go through is how long you stayed and how much, you know, children are exposed to. Right. Um, so anyhow, thanks for being here today. I appreciate it. Yeah. You're a sweet friend. Yeah. So 
Thanks, guys, for tuning in. If you need to um, reach out to us for any type of coaching or if you'd like to share your story, reach out to us on lifeoflivingabundantly at gmail.com. And you can also visit our website and also social media platforms. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, guys. One thing that we're doing is we're trying to get people to share their stories. And I understand that some of you may still be in the healing process, embarrassed, or just really don't want to share your story publicly. We have a program designed where you can share your story anonymously. And what we'll do is you'll submit it to our secure platform and we will actually share your story anonymously and then I'll give you advice. And that advice will help other people who are going through, I promise, some of the exact same situations that you are please reach out to us at lifeoflivingabundantly at gmail.com. You can also check out our website at lifeoflivingabundantly.com. Have a good day. Bye. Hi, guys. Thank you for enjoying that episode with us. I would love to ask you guys to do a few things for me. If you can, please subscribe, download, and leave a review. And if it is on your heart, please share an episode with anybody who may come to mind so that we can get this positive message out to those who need to receive it. Thank you. Bye-bye.